This is the Basketball Show with Shane the Hammer Heel. What they gonna say next? Well, this is the Basketball Show, but it's not with Shane Hill for the moment. He's down in Bendigo due to the WNBL fixture changes. So we've brought in the big dogs. D-Ruck, hello to you. Hello, Joe. And Hammer, you know what they say. You do not give up your seat. I'm playing in your backyard. It won't be long before I am in the house. We'll have to speak to him about that a little later on. Uh, good to be here, though. We are, of course, brought to you thanks to TCL2K and Bet with Joel. And you can see us across KO, the News Corp platforms and Twitch as well. Derek, we have a lot to get through, so we'll get straight into it with In the Spotlight. So we're talking about substitution syndrome within the NBL and the fact that the players' minutes are, are often reduced, especially some of the stars. Hammer and I spoke about this last week in the uh, last season, sorry, in the fact that NBL coaches tend to rest their stars more so than what you see in the NBA. Dee, why is that, in your opinion? And Joe, we've seen this trend building up over the past two to three years, and it really is annoying for guys like myself because I love to see the stars out there finding their rhythm in games and entertaining, making big plays. Like we saw Chris Golden yesterday hit some big shots in the first half, and it's just exciting. So as we go through this season, there are a number of things that clearly we need to establish, primarily the NBA regular season is not like the NBL regular season. The NBA playoffs are like the NBL regular season, and coaches need to view it like that. The rotations are far too big, Joe. And plus, with all the sports science and the technology that NBL players and athletes have access to nowadays, I can't understand why they're not being allowed to play more minutes a game. If I'm coaching in the NBL, my star players are playing at least 35 minutes a game. Have you spoken to any any players who are in this situation in terms of what they think about it and, and whether they actually want to be out there more and feel like they've got more to give? I don't have to speak to any of them. I know how they feel. You know, all you have to do is look at their reactions when they're subbed off. And now, look, I think one of the other big issues is that we have a lot of coaches coming over now from the United States of America. And these coaches aren't familiar with the structure of the NBL. They're not, they're not familiar with how the league really works. And so they're subbing like it's an NBA game. And they don't understand that every, every NBL game is so vital to your team's chances of make the, making the playoffs. And I thought James Duncan the other night actually did a good job with Nathan Sobey in the first half against the Kings when the Kings jumped the bullets early. Sobey was really struggling. You could see him trying to make plays himself. James Duncan took him out of the game for a quick minute, all right? It wasn't because he needed rest. It was because he wasn't getting the job done. But then he put him back in the game, and look what Sobey did in the second half. He found his rhythm and led the Bullets to a victory, a key victory against the Kings Friday night. Now, the next part of it, Joe, is how do you manage the rotation and how do you manage those guys that aren't getting a chance to play? Yeah, fair enough. What, what about long-term and the strategy in terms of uh, the success of teams, I guess, and being, getting the most out of their players? Yeah, I know what you're getting at. And, you know, this kind of touches at the Chris Golding thing again. Melbourne United are balanced. And although I want to see Chris out there 30 to 35 minutes a game, the reality is Dean Vickerman is one of the top coaches in the league. 
He's won two championships doing things his way, so I can't really argue with him. But they have a huge margin for error game to game in terms of winning. Other teams in the competition, Cairns, Tasmania, I'd even say the Sydney Kings, they don't have that same margin for error. And it is vital that once they get all their bodies healthy, that they keep those main guys out there on the court. And you know who I want to see play 40 minutes a game, Joe? Jalen Adams. Interesting you mentioned Jalen Adams. We'll be speaking to him a little later on. Uh, let's keep things moving in the meantime, though, and get into our starting five. Good news for Thon Maker. He's signed with the Long Island Nets in the G League. We've been talking about him a little bit recently on the show. Is this the, the start of the road back for him? I hope so, because it's really been a basketball odyssey, almost coincidentally after the old incident in the Philippines. And, you know, Thon had a, re a really unsuccessful stint with the Boomers where he pulled out and made himself unavailable. So it's really good to see him back there. In the, Brooklyn, uh, in the Brooklyn system. And I think there's an opportunity for him to jump up if he performs well with Long Island. Well, especially, I suppose, with the, the COVID protocols and injuries still causing havoc over there and lots of those 10-day contracts still being handed out. Um, Grayson Allen. I've got grubby Grayson <laughs> written down here. Thanks, Dave, for that one. Um, ejected and handed a one-game ban for that pretty hard foul on Alex Caruso. What did you make of this? Because I've spoken to a few people and they're split. What? There's no way you can be split. This is dirty. This guy has a history of foul behavior on the basketball court. He is a villain out there on the court. He did it at Duke. And that's rare for Duke players to get down like that. And this play here is dirty, Joe. Um, look, I know, I, I hope you're not going to think that the NBA went too hard on Grayson Allen. Surely you don't think that there was anything I, less than I, severe I that say, I would there. say if there was no injury to Caruso there, there is no way that that is anything more than a, a, maybe a tech, maybe an ejection. He should not be suspended for a game. It feels like they've taken the injury into account, which I guess is fair enough, but also it feels like they've gone and, and looked at his history and sort of just it may have swayed some of the decision-making, I think. Joe, it's real life. Your history and what you've done in the past counts. Should it, though, really, in those isolated situations? I believe so, especially something like this. And look, it's also Alex Caruso, and he is a darling of the NBA. <laughs> he, is someone, he is someone who has a lot of international appeal, and the NBA is very protective of their stars. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Kai Soto for the Adelaide 36ers, he's, he's starting to hit the floor a bit. I think he had 16 minutes in their game the other day, scored six points. It's... We had high expectations for him. How do you think he is finding his feet in this league? Well, he got hurt early, right? So he's missed some games. But yesterday, you know, he had six points. He had nine rebounds, you know, a couple of nice finishes down low. He got his stuff thrown out of there a couple of times, but that's bound to happen. He's only 19 years old. He has a slight frame. And realistically, we don't expect big guys to start reaching the meat of their development until their mid-20s. So anything Adelaide can get out of Kai right now is a bonus. And look, I'm biased because I work with Kai. 
He's a high character person. He's a great guy. And also the Sixers are really struggling with Isaac Humphreys being unavailable. And this is a perfect opportunity for them to bleed Kai into the lineup. If they can get 15 minutes out of him, all the better for the long run. Back in action against the Hawks this evening. So we'll see how he goes. Um, Taron Armstrong, a young Tassie guy, 20 years old, playing over in the States. He is the only Aussie predicted to go top 60 in the 2023 draft. For anyone who doesn't know, how much have you seen of him? What can we expect from this guy in the future? Look, I think he's going to ride the coattails of Josh Giddy's success. He's a long 6'5". He creates. Uh, he's a really good passer. Definitely needs to improve his shooting, though. He's averaging about 10 points a game in his freshman year for Cal Baptist Lancers. They play in the WAC, which isn't an overly strong conference. But, hey, Jonathan Gavoni likes him, and that's a big step towards being drafted. And right now he's projected as a second-round draft choice. Yeah, definitely. Uh, certainly has a, a, a little bit of giddy about him in terms of uh, the passing that he's, uh, he's putting on show there. Got to ask you, the uh, Opal squad was announced last week. Um, yeah. We're building up to the Women's World Cup at the end of this year. They're heading over to Serbia in February. Is there any anything that stood out to you in terms of those selections? I know sort of Keely Froling, tough to miss out, we think. So Shane's not here, so we can speak openly now, right? Okay, cool. Uh, look, great that Shaw is in there. I thought she should have been included in the Olympic team just to get her a taste of it because now she would have been better prepared for this. But anyway, that's behind us. Uh, Sammy Whitcomb in the team. She belonged at the last Love Olympics. Um, great, great to see her in there. She's doing a really good job with the Perth Lynx. And they brought back Abby Bishop. They've, and I think that was the one that bumped Keely Froling out. And look, it's so tough in those big positions. There's so many good players. There's Keely, there's Abby, there's Anna Lee, if you want to include her in there. There's Darcy Garbin. Um, there's one of the Zatina Cuso. So it's going to be very competitive to try and make that, make that team. The guards, I have a pretty good idea who's going to make that, uh, the guard rotation, but Hey, here's to the Opals getting a silver, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Talk to me about those guard, that guard rotation then. Sammy Wickham, Lauren Nicholson. All right. You're solid. You're solid there. Now I need to go to the paperwork here. I've got, uh, Tess Magin and I'm going to go with Matty Rachi. Okay. Okay. And, right. and let's see what happens. You know, I think the team is strong enough in the other positions where it doesn't have to be perfect um, in the guards. And you can kind of tinker with those, with the girls in that position. But look, the Opals are, are going into this as a silver medal fav favorite on their home court. Is that, is that the realistic goal, really? I think so. Look, the Olympics were a colossal failure. There are a lot of reasons for that. There were injuries. There were chemistry issues. Look, some of those issues have been cleared. We obviously don't have the great player in Liz anymore, but sometimes through subtraction, a team gets stronger, and that well may be the case for the, the 22 World Cup. We'll see how they go in Serbia, and then obviously looking forward to the World Cup in September. Yes, thanks to 2K this week. We are going in-depth with Kings import guard Jalen Adams, who joins us now. Jalen, thanks so much for being on the basketball show. Coming off back-to-back -back games over the bullets, you had 33-17 and 17 in those two games. You seem to like that matchup. Uh, yeah, it was a good matchup. Um, 
one of the first teams that uh, played drop coverage on their pick and rolls. Uh, so something that we work on every day because um, that's our coverage. Uh, but yeah, two solid games. Wish we could have won them both, but you know, I'm happy to finally get a win, get off that losing streak. So coming out of college, Jalen, how did you find that journey trying to get to the NBA? It's such a path uh, littered with so many different twists and turns, and then it eventually led you here to Australia. Um, I mean, it was an interesting journey for me. Uh, just coming out of college, uh, I had a really good senior year. I uh, thought I might be drafted, but I had to take the undrafted route. And um, the Atlanta Hawks gave me my first chance. Uh, got to play around like 30 NBA games um, as a rookie. Uh, so I learned a lot. Um, you know, learned a lot from my fellow guards. I uh, played with Trey and uh, Kev Herder. Um, so I learned a lot from those guys and, and bounced around a little bit. Uh, went to the G League. Um, played with the Milwaukee Bucks G League team, the Wisconsin Herd. Um, and my third year got an opportunity with the Milwaukee Bucks. So I got a chance to learn from Giannis and Drew and uh, Chris um, every day. And it's, it's been a good journey for me. And, you know, I made that connection with Chase Buford in my G League year and my, uh, my Milwaukee year. So, uh, you know, just following him over here and, and taking advantage of this opportunity seemed like a no-brainer. Jalen, what is it like working alongside the likes of Giannis? You mentioned Trey. Are they are they feeding you advice the whole time, or are you just being a sponge and watching and learning with these guys the entire time? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, with Trey being so young, we were both rookies coming into the league. It wasn't so much uh, a conversational thing. It was just more me watching and, and picking up on the things that work for him and the things that don't, and just trying to apply things that he's got in his game to add to my game. And uh, that's a special player. So, you know, it was it was a, it was fun to watch, fun to learn from. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say more my time in Milwaukee was more conversational, just learning from Drew and talking to Chris and picking Giannis's brain on what they see on the floor. Um, just because they're a little older guys. Um, definitely helped me out a lot though. Uh, I was able to pick up some things and and I think it's, it's helped me further my career. Coming into this season, Jalen, you got hit with the injury bug, unfortunately, and that can be so frustrating when you're new to a country. How did you manage that mentally? And, you know, what has helped you get off to the strong start that you've had since coming back? Um, you know, I really credit the staff uh, just for sticking with me. Um, you know, I just tried to go hard on my treatment and my rehab as, you know, as if I was playing. Um, so just, you know, getting those, that work in with my ankle and trying to get back to 100% is, is difficult. And, you know, those ankle injuries, those sprains, it's just something that can linger. So, you know, I feel like I'm finally catching my feet. Um, I still got a little ways to go percentage-wise with my health, but uh, definitely in the right direction. And, like, I, I attribute it to the work and, and the staff for sure. You mentioned your relationship with Chase, uh, having met over and worked together at the Bucks. How beneficial has that been for you, knowing him and having that familiarity out here and, and I guess, just working your way into the, the style of basketball in the NBL? Uh, I think it's a big help, you know, big advantage. Uh, I didn't really have to come in and learn too many new things with the offense. Uh, we kind of played the same style, run some of the same things that we did with the Herd. Um, we were really successful that year. So I, I just try to play off some of those things that I was doing well then and, um, you know, further them.
uh, take advantage of what the defense gives me and, you know, just keep adjusting to the differences between the G League, the NBA, and uh, the NBL. And Jalen, how do you kind of keep yourself in check? Because obviously you have tremendous offensive talent and an ability to score the basketball. It looks like almost every time down the court, but you've got to be sensible about when you choose to attack. Do you think you have it the mix right at the moment? Uh, yeah, I think it's still, you know, a work in progress. Um, you know, we, we've, the whole team's kind of had the injury bug uh, early in the season. You know, we're missing two seven-footers that I've been practicing with all year, uh, missing RJ now. Um, DJ's just getting back. So we haven't even really practiced that much together, but, you know, the last couple of weeks. So um, I think I'm, I'm – you know, I'm, I'm doing my best with it, uh, just trying to play my own game and at the same time make sure everybody gets a touch and make sure guys like Rel and DJ and, you know, everybody else on the team really just get those touches and, and get the ball in spots that they're comfortable with uh, to give us the, the best opportunity to win games. Obviously, back in the winner's circle as of yesterday, but a couple of late-game fade-outs the last two games before that. What what were the adjustments that you needed to make in order to, to fire at the end of the game against the Bullets yesterday? Uh, we had some long talks uh, just about our fourth quarters. Um, you know, I think that the majority of the conversations have been about offense and, you know, the shot selection and the things that we're doing late in the game that aren't really the same as uh, the first three quarters. But I think yesterday we just did a good job of def defending through all four quarters. Um, you know, we're not scoring and the other team certainly can't score. So I think if we just, you know, keep defending the way that we do for three quarters, then, you know, we'll give ourselves a better chance down the stretch regardless of what happens on the offense. Man. And you have the good fortune of living, in my opinion, one of the great cities of the world, Sydney, uh, have you sampled any of the Australian cuisine? And let me tell you right now, don't let anybody talk you into eating Vegemite and thinking that it's any good. Let me tell you, it's no good. Hey, Jalen, there are plenty of rib joints in Sydney. If you need American burger, oh, no, you're this newfangled, you're this new, uh, new modern type player, right? You don't eat all that stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'll eat a burger. Uh, <laughs> I'll eat a burger. I'll eat some wings. Um... What so about I, ribs? I, I eat some ribs. I'm a big barbecue guy, so Okay. Uh, there's a place called there's a place called Hurricanes. Go hit it. Say no more. Say no more. Definitely uh, check it out. Brilliant. One more, Jalen, before we let you go. Uh, you're up against Bryce Cotton and the Perth Wildcats this week. What are you expecting from that matchup? He's he's obviously been prolific in the league for a long time now. He and the Wildcats. Uh, it's a good team coming into our building. Um, I think we just got to do a good job of defending, uh, make his life difficult, you know, on the offensive side. And, uh, you know, him and Vic Law are doing a great job of scoring the ball right now. So, you know, I think we got our work cut, cut out for us. Um, but it should be fun. It should be a fun matchup. You know, just play our game, push the pace. And like I said, defend for four quarters. And we're going to give ourselves a chance at the end of the game. We're definitely looking forward to it, Jalen. Thank you so much for being on the basketball show. Go and find out that hurricane place. D-Ruck, I don't even know what you're talking about there. But anyway, plenty of, <laughs> plenty of good uh, barbecue spots around Sydney for sure. For sure. Thanks for having me. Breaking all the big news in basketball with Matt Logue. It's time for the Logue Down. Matty joins us this week via Zoom. Matt, hello to you. We're talking the Boomers today. You've got an update on one of their big men. 
Yeah, Joe, um, obviously Aaron Baines, he's had a, a rough few months um, post the Olympics, a, a severe neck injury in the Boomers pool match against Italy, and he, he hasn't played since. He, he's been trying to recover. The good news for Aaron and, and for Boomers and just Australian fans in general is that he's, he's posted some pictures during the week. He's on the mend. He's with his family. There's plenty of smiles there with his bronze medal. And he, his aim is, hopefully, Joe, to get to a 10th NBA season next year, which would be fitting. I think we can all agree that Aaron deserves to go out on his own terms. Matt, with FIBA qualifiers coming up, what's the latest on the team selection? You got any news for us? Yeah, Derek, obviously massive news for the Boomers. Uh, the team for the World Cup qualifiers in late February will be announced in the next couple of days. And my understanding is it'll be the, a Perth Wildcats reunion. Uh, Angus Brandt, Nick Kay and Reese Vade. They'll be the senior players in the team, guys. And then there'll be a couple of NBL development players and a couple of players from the Centre of Excellence. And that'll be it. So it's going to be a, a massive challenge for the Boomers, particularly against the likes of Japan guys, because they'll have a 15-day camp in the lead-up to the game, whereas the Boomers will have 2.3 days about to prepare for, you know, a game against the likes of Japan, who, um, you know, they'll, they'll be strong. So it will be difficult. I'd be interested to get your guys' thoughts, because the, the likes of Dyson Daniels, he was in the mix, but my understanding is he won't play. Uh, his agency have decided that he'll focus on the NBA draft and the G League Ignite. And he won't be there, which is a bit disappointing. But at the same time, I think we can understand. But I'll get your thoughts, Joe and, and, and Derek. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's going to be tough for the Boomers. Spoke to Rob Beveridge uh, last week, I think it was, and really up for the challenge, but knows that it's not going to be a walk in the park like perhaps it has been for uh, World Cup qualifiers for, for the Boomers throughout Asia in the past. Um, what about somebody uh, like a, a Thon Maker? I know we know he's just signed with the G League. Is he available? Yeah, he was in the mix, Joe, and they were really keen. It's great news for Thon. He's recently signed in the G League. So um, that's ruled Thon out of the mix. He would have been, even though he hasn't played for a while, he would have been a great addition to the side, particularly given there's, it's lacking some experience. But unfortunately, he won't be there. So they'll have to rely heavily on the likes of you know, Nick Kay, Angus Brandt, um, and then just give some young guys an opportunity. Um, I think they can beat Chinese Taipei. I'll get Derek's thought, but... You know, um, you know, coming up against Japan, particularly if they've got a 15-day camp, like that's going to be a tough hit. Well, you're right, Matt, and I think the preparation is the key. If Japan are in there working hard for two weeks and we've got uh, a group of guys who barely know each other and some development players who may be in awe of Nick Kay and Angus Brandt, you know, well, they need to work through uh, those dynamics. And I just think, yeah, Joe, uh, Chinese Taipei, we should have no problem knocking them off. But Japan, that might be that might be a tough task. But nevertheless, it's good for everybody to get a run, and it'll be nice to see Nick Kay uh, playing again. Although it won't be in an Australian NBL uniform, which we also desperately want. He'd be a massive addition to the league right now. Sorry, mate, <laughs> go on. I was just going to ask, like, what's your thoughts on Dyson Daniels? That is an interesting one. Like, he has played for Australia before. I understand it. I think we all understand that he's going to focus on the NBA draft. and you know. But at the same time, it would have been a good opportunity for him, but it's hard to be critical. It's a one-off one thing right now. He has to do everything he can to be ready and prime for this NBA draft. You can't afford to put yourself in a situation where you may not be able to thrive and excel. Again, going in with some guys he doesn't know, 
and a team that's not going to be prepared correctly. You know, NBA scouts are very unforgiving. And certainly if I were his agent, if I were a representative advising him, it would be just to sit tight, continue with what you're doing in the G League where he's been very solid, and then let's get out of that season and get ready for the draft. Yeah, exactly right. One off, as you say, Derek, he'll be back in a Boomer's jersey in no time. Matty, thank you so much for that. We'll check in again next week. Thanks, guys. Time to go crystal gazing and look who happens to be joining us now. Hammer, how are you going? Very well. A lovely hello from Bendigo. Beautiful Bendigo. Nice to be down here for the WNBL game. You better watch your back. Derek's about to take your job. Yeah, I'm that. playing in your backyard. I'm ready <laughs> to move into the house. All right, let's go crystal gazing. Current leaderboard check. Uh, I'm on 25 points. Everyone else is on 24. So a good week for yours truly. Um, Illawarra hosting Adelaide this evening. I feel like no, uh, everyone's going to go for Illawarra there. Nod of head, yep. please. Yep, cool. Thought so. Uh, all right, Hammer, coming to you. Uh, tomorrow night, the Phoenix hosting Cairns. Who have you got for that one? This is going to be a domination by South East Melbourne and, uh, and they have to do it because they want to get their confidence up. Feel sorry for Cairns. Haven't played in such a long time. They're going to be rusty. They fight hard, but they're just going to be fighting out of their uh, out of their depth. Derek, Wednesday night, Melbourne are travelling up to Brisbane. This is uh, one of the games that was previously postponed. Who do you see yep. getting up here? I've got Melbourne. Um, I'll be on the sidelines for that game, Joe. Make sure you say hello to your boy. Uh, it will be a good game, high-scoring game. But Melbourne United look like the class of the competition right now, Shane, despite you not giving them any love in the lead-up to the season. <laughs> uh, Illawarra well, <laughs> go on Hammer sorry mate. we can't just make judgments all off paper it's all good we're giving the love they deserve now <laughs> right next up it's the Hawks hosting Perth uh, the Wildcats got the better of Illawarra last time they met but I can't see that happening again here Dee what are you thinking with this one I agree with you there's no way Gorgian is going to allow his team to lose to the Wildcats two times in a row on their home court. Now, it's not going to be easy. They're going to have to play a lot better. And those scoring lulls, Hammer, that Hillawar continue to struggle with, they got to fix that up. Well, they do. And I wouldn't say that there's no way Perth can win this game because we know the talent of Victor Laurie had 15 points in the second quarter after going scoreless in the first. So we know it can be done. Bryce Cotton top scored. So they're in good form. But I agree with you about Gorge. He just builds his team up. This is a grudge match. He's really, you know, selling it to his team about whether they're going to make the playoffs and the chance to be able to win a championship on the back of this game alone. Hammer, next up, the Jack Jumpers host the 36ers, both teams down the bottom of the table just about. Uh, who have you got in that one? Well, Tassie play with a lot of passion when they're playing at home. A lot of spirit. They love playing in front of those fans. So they'll be up and about for it. But this game's just too big for Adelaide. I don't think Adelaide's going to beat another top four team for the rest of the year like they did against Perth. They caught them off guard. So they have to take care of teams like Tassie, and I think they'll get this one done. Cairns are hosting the Hawks. Derek, can they pull off the upset in front of their home crowd? They'll pull off the upset in the first quarter. They'll be up four or five points. I'm going to tell you how, exactly how it's going to go. They're going to jump off, be hyped, get a lead hammer, and then all of a sudden, Gorgon's going to have a timeout at about the two-minute mark and say, guys, come on now, let's get it going. And then it will result in a 15-point victory to the Hawks. 
You heard it here first. Uh, Hammer coming to you, 36ers hosting Melbourne. Adelaide have three games this round. They need to really realistically win two of them. Can they get it over United? Well, they're not going to win two, Joe, and they're definitely not going to beat Melbourne United. It was a demolition last time they played each other. And I think with what Melbourne's doing, they're creating the foundations through their defence. They've got different guys that can step up at different times. They play with a lot of confidence. And I just don't see the grunt for the Adelaide 36ers to be able to get it done of that depth and that toughness defensively of what, Adelaide, uh, what Melbourne provide. The Sydney Kings are hosting the Perth Wildcats. Derek, that's going to be a, a really good match. Uh, crucial for the Kings, you get the feeling. Yeah, and Perth must be starting to get a little bit mentally weary, Shane. I think, you know, let's look at the WNBL game on the weekend, Shane, where you almost caught the link sleeping. Great effort by your girls, just a little bit short in the end. But back to the NBL. I'm going with Perth. I'm going with Perth with no confidence, Joe, but there it is. Hammer, who have you gone for in that one? It's a tough one. You know, I think that the Kings are going to start putting it together. They do need a little bit more of an impact from an import coming in as well. Love the fact that DJ Vasilovic is starting to find his reign, which was always going to come. So they're going to be a chance, but for the tipping, I'm going to go for Perth. All righty. And finally, Hammer, New Zealand hosting the Jack Jumpers. Who wins that one? Flip of the coin in the... uh, (laughs) But uh, let's go for New Zealand. I think they might get one done coming out of COVID. They played well against the Sydney Kings in their last game before uh, they had to get a game cancelled. But uh, I like what that backcourt was providing. I think Steve was going to get it done, and uh, so will Martin. Dee, what about you? Oh, you know, uh, three minutes ago, I thought New Zealand. And, you know, I want to win this competition. Director Dave changed my vote. I'm going to Jack Jumpers. Oh, okay. All right. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, thank you, gents. We'll keep things moving. All right. Time for points made. Thanks to Bet with Joel. Guys, we're going to stick with the NBL. I want to ask you about Melbourne United. They've won seven in a row. They seem to do this every season, go on these runs of wins. Dee, how do they do it? Well, I think it starts with head coach Dean Vickerman. He really coaches his players hard. He doesn't discriminate in terms of his uh, criticism of players, his willingness to put them on the bench. He adjusts his starting lineups, even though they may seem to be the wrong move publicly. Often he's been criticized if we hark back to Mello Trimble going to the bench. But look, the guys have success. He's won two championships in Melbourne, Shane. And they have a very strong culture, and I'm sure you'll – You'll talk about that because that seems to be an area which you really, really uh, examine. And um, I'll let you go for it. Well, I think you're right. I think it starts with Dean Vickerman. And when you have the sort of success that he's had by implementing the culture that they've had, it makes it easier to be able to recruit guys in that fit that culture. And I think Dally's the perfect person for that. We know he's not always going to put up big numbers even though he did have a big game the other day. But what he provides from the defence and the toughness and the overall vision of what they're trying to do, Shea Ely is another one that comes in and plays defence. Different guys are going to step up on different days. We've seen JLA take another step forward. We know he's just going to score. We know Chris Golding is going to score, but his defence has improved. And it's easy to be able to talk about culture, but when push comes to shove, guys have to be able to sacrifice. 
They have to know that if you're a starter, sometimes you're not going to start and they don't soak it up. They just get on with it. They have to know that sometimes it's not going to be their night. They're used to taking 15 shots and they take eight. They're just as happy when someone else steps up and they're able to win. And I think all of their success so far has been based on the attitude and the mindset they've been able to get done. Now, do they have enough to be able to win it? That'll We'll know that more in time. I think Gard has been good for them, better than what I thought he was going to be pre-season. Um, still a lot of challenges to come, but geez, they're doing a good job. They have enough to win it. You think they do? I think, I, no doubt. I think they no do. No doubt. They, yeah, I think they do. And I think based on all those things, I think different guys are going to step up, but their, their toughness and mentality is going to help them get it done. They're still going to have to make big shots when they go through dry patches because they don't have the same amount of scorers as some of the other teams, but they're certainly capable, that's for sure. They're in action against Brisbane and Adelaide this week. Now, I want to ask you guys about the Warriors and check in with them now that Clay Thompson has had a few games back. I think they've won four of their last ten, though. We kind of predicted, I know, Hammer, you spoke about it, that they probably would take a step back before they go forward. But what have you made of, of them and the dynamic, I guess, now that Clay's back? Well, we did. We spoke about it to say that Clay Thompson's a superstar and long-term they're going to be a much better team. But sometimes you've got to take a step backwards to be able to move forward. And um, unfortunately, you disrupt some of the other players that were playing a really valuable role around Steph and Draymond that were really getting comfortable. So it does upset things a little bit. But unlike you guys, I've got a real job. I've spent a lot of time doing other things. Don't have the same amount of time to watch NBA. So I'll defer to you on this. Stop, stop, stop. Look. It has nothing to do with Clay Thompson, this four and six run, Joe. It's Draymond Green's injury that has hurt them. Draymond hasn't been able to play. Uh, he's been out of the lineup, and the Warriors have struggled in that regard with the defense and ball dis distribution and the setting of the offense. However, in this patch, it looks like Jordan Poole is starting to find himself again, and some of the other guys are getting a chance to play. Now, Clay is probably going to be out for two or three days just to rest a sore knee Shane so you know I think everything is going to be fine look it's never good to lose games especially when you've been cruising along but in time you know I would think in another four to six weeks once Clay has 20 games under his belt you're going to see them return to the top of the standings in terms of the best team in the NBA well they put themselves in a good position they're still second in the west they are 33 and 13 on the season so uh, I think they'll be all right come playoffs time Guys, that's all we've got time for uh, for the show today. Hammer, thank you so much for taking the time out of your, your day job, your busy schedule, to join us from Bendigo. Good luck for the game tomorrow, though. Dee, you've been great as well. Really appreciate it. Um, Hammer, look forward to having you back in the studio next week. Thank you guys all for watching as well. Thanks to TCL2K and Bet With Joel, and we will be back next week. This is a co-production by News Corp Australia and Closer Sports.